When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My football team's got me drinking. My football team's got me drinking. Give me beer, whiskey, wine, or gin. Anything to shake this mood I'm in. My football team. at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. This episode is brought to you by Sporting Fit. Are you looking to update your game day attire? With inspiration from iconic fashion model Peter Vermees, you'll be ready for game time, on the pitch, and in the club house. Sporting Fit. It's a mindset. My name is Cody Bradley, David Greenwald, Thad Bell, and Robert Russert are all here. Can I just, before we, we start talking about how unpleasant yesterday was, I just love that even though SB Nation abandoned us, our sponsors didn't. Sponsors didn't. They stuck around. Yay, sponsors. I thought Sporting Fit meant something different, but maybe not. I thought it meant a pulled hammy. Didn't somebody comment <laughs> on that? No, I think they offer compression, like leggings, uh, maybe... With the, I think in conjunction with Brett Favre, it's got the the copper woven into it to help you heal up, something like that. I always wondered about that copper. Is that real? Does anyone does <laughs> use that? I, <laughs> I assume anything Brett Favre does is illegal. Yeah, at this point, oh my gosh, yeah, that probably, makes a lot of sense wait, now. He's probably seen Pat McAfee. I should probably say allegedly illegal. <laughs> probably need crystals in there or something too. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we are not a happy podcast this morning. Two to one loss to Dallas last night, David. Can you get us started on this? It sucked. It sucked. Cody, you realize David's going to need about a half an hour? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I could, just, I could just go. You want a monologue? <laughs> Look, 
you know, we finally scored a goal. That was kind of neat. It was very lucky. It very lucky. Got a very lucky deflection because that would not have gone in, but for the deflection. I'm not. Did he know it? He he celebrated it like he just drilled it into the back of the net. I meant to do that, man. I meant to do that. Yeah, no. I think at this point we'll just take what we can get. Yeah, I think that's what that <laughs> celebration was for sure. But we were anemic on offense. They were terrible. Um, our best offensive play of the game, other than the lucky deflection, was Agata earning a PK, and otherwise we did nothing. Anemic. Anemic. Thad. Do you have a different descriptor for us? No, man. Anemic is pretty damn good. Weak. I mean, no. This is what cluster. I. This is what I was saying last week, where no one on the team anymore seems like they're ready to score a goal, and that did not become more apparent than missing two PKs right after each other. That was one of the most like last year we were talking about low points last year in the club history. That one. That one was rough. The back-to-back PKs, that was just, I like honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing. Was that the right thing to do to, to, for Eric to take it from Willie on the second, you know, not give him a second try? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I agree with your point there. Like, you almost have to go give it to Agata again. Agata again. I don't. See, I don't know if I even have a point there, man. I but don't. I don't think he would have scored it. <laughs> like, I, I think it was aware. I think... He knew it. I think the coaches knew it. I think the keeper knew it. I think everyone knew that he is playing with zero confidence. And well, and that's why you had to take him out because he wasn't going to score it the second time either. They somewhat went against protocol by having the guy who got fouled take it in the first place. But was his shot a bad shot? Yes. It was terrible. It, well, it wasn't okay. good. It was placed well. It was placed well. It was placed well. Yeah, but... He needed more pace on it, right? Yeah. But it was Anybody better than Tommy's. Well, neither of them were good. Yeah. <laughs> but the... Look, the, the Athletic did a, a piece about this around the time of the World Cup. And statistically, if you want to score a PK, the best thing to do is just blast right. it at the net. Yep. Yeah, You don't even have to place it. Just kick it as hard as you possibly can and make sure it's on target and you will score. Right. Like 98% of the time. If, you, if you're going to place it, you got to place it high because then the keeper's not going to reach it. It can't be weak, though. I mean, because when I say high, I mean up in the corners. Um, you can't just lob it in there it, it's you, you might be lucky and the keeper dive out of the way of it but they also might just stand there and catch it i mean there's just too many things blast it hard on frame but no one on the team has confidence nobody wants to score nobody feels like they can do it no one wants to be the man right now and that's why we're not scoring that's what i've been saying for a couple of weeks and i and it's not going to change until other players come back into the lineup so it's just going to further put a goddess confidence in the shitter yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, I don't know if, did you guys see Fontas having to console yeah. Willie after Tommy took the ball away from him? Yeah. That was not the body language of somebody who was Ready one, to. happy, and two, in a good headspace. Well, I wanted to see the replay of that, but apparently we're not getting replays. Today. Yeah. Very, so. That's, that's another reason we're not a happy <laughs> podcast right now. I was, I was out with, you know, birthday party gatherings and I was sitting at the Pond and Pint. By the way, have you guys ever been there? Pond and Pint? Man, I have play three video games. kids under the age of four. I don't go out and. Do it's not a club anymore. though. It's like I, a. It's a bar. You get to go there and sit there and play board games and drink, and it's really fun. And I brought my computer and sat there in the corner and tried to watch the game. And yes, that was where we were getting. You can't watch the replay. I don't know what's going on with Apple or MLS season pass right now, but 
and I don't, it might just be because I, I don't have a, have an iPhone and I know Apple likes to do that. The evil, evil corporate overlord likes to make you buy all of their things, but I can't just go online and watch a replay. So I, I am, I'm operating on highlights and what I saw yeah. out of the corner of my eye. You could, you could watch a recap, but not the replay of the game right, right now. None of us can. A seven minute recap. And that's for all MLS games. I can't watch any, any of the games from yesterday. I mean, Robert said you could watch yeah. some. Yeah, I can access some of them, yeah. But not all of them. Right. From yesterday. Yep. I'm glad you guys are going with me a little bit on this because every, it is just everyone's been all about Apple and, and very pleased well, with this so far. It's and been, it's been I'm good. Been There's a little been afraid good. to yeah. But well, I was I was not home until I got home at right at the end of the half or at, this, at the end of halftime. It's a terrible time to get back. Um, yeah, so it was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey You ruined it. If you believe in that, then suck me. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm in a grumpy mood, man. <laughs> I think we're all in a grumpy mood. Okay. Jeez. That's um, a fine for the tone, I think. <laughs> but the whole broadcast was terrible. I mean, it just it didn't look good. The announcers were not good. The replays were non-existent. Uh, the it, rundown's out the window, folks. Yes, it is. Uh, we're in segment not, two not to, now. Yeah, not to get I'm too... I'm sorry. Not to get no, too we're just <laughs> ranting at this point. Everyone's, and that's the game winner! <laughs> everyone's angry. <laughs> gonna, I'm sorry. Go back to the replay. Let's, go, let's, go, let's pull the go. curtain back a little bit. We have a rundown, and no, that just talk, skipped straight let's to Let's talk today. about how bad the broadcast was. It was it terrible. Was. It was awful. They were calling calling players the wrong names, and... Uh, so well, it was their fault. Well, so there was, yes. like, a, there was like a weird, like, hue... On the screen, like it, yeah, it Hugh Grant. It, no, <laughs> that's weird. He was not there. go there. <laughs> um, but it, but it looked like it was like a St. Patty's Day <laughs> theme where they put green all over, whatever. But it also <laughs> reminded me of a. I, so I read this book um, called "The Miracle of Castel di Sangro," which was a oh. Italian uh, team that was like it's a tiny little town, and they worked their way up from like the seventh division to the to Serie B. This guy reading a book. So that's how Wrexham got there. And plot. okay. Uh, they tell this story of how like they had this, they had this, they didn't have a stadium. And so they, they finally built a stadium and the, the guy, the president of the team wanted their pitch to look gorgeous. So he, he got a certain type of grass or whatever. And it was the most beautiful green grass anybody had ever seen. But then the second you stepped on the pitch, you sank into mud because it was not proper grass for like a, you know, for a pitch. And that's what I, that's all I could think of when I was seeing, when I saw Dallas's field last night. Was like, well, there were a lot of people slipping. It was like so green. It didn't seem natural, but they couldn't get the names right. Um, there was a, one of the broadcasters was actively rooting for Dallas, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, statistically, it's probably going to be a game winner when you score in the 83rd minute, but <laughs> you can't just shout that's the game winner when there's at least 10 more minutes left to play. Um, that was rather odd. Who was that? I don't know his name. They're not even worth naming. I have no idea who, who called the match last night. I don't we're, we're grasping at straws looking for things to complain about here. We're not. <laughs> no, a, no, there's plenty to complain about. The show's it's, not in a good head there place. Was bad, bad replay for VAR, especially you know, when Sporting got awarded that second PK. They initially went with Felipe might have not actually gotten you know touched by the keeper, and then it was, well, it might be offsides, but they never played the ball. They never showed a replay of the ball actually getting struck. Yeah. They just, and then they never played a live shot of the ball coming off of Willie. They just showed a still that showed Felipe in front of Willie. And I was, it was very confused. Well, so that was what the call, I thought they just decided that it wasn't a foul on the keeper. And that's just why they, they changed ca- it. They called offside. Oh, yeah. Okay. There, there were 
far better replays watching uh, Major Arena Soccer League last night than watching Apple <laughs> it was with the, the sporting game. Now, I'm not saying other games were bad, but that was bad. You know, I, now, none of the four of us would watch the L.A. Galaxy home game because we were all at the stadium. But the Portland game I thought was really good. Colorado was really good. And cr- shout out to friend of the pod, Nate Bucati, who, despite being a Sporting KC fan and working for the club for years, was, I thought, pretty yeah. fair and neutral and unbiased when he called our game. Um, and Tony Miola just doesn't even like Kansas City, so <laughs> he was he was not Sporting biased. legend Tony <laughs> Miola did not, was also unbiased. But last night, was it was like watching a Dallas broadcast. It was like, you know, going back to, to being to watching other, you know, other teams' broadcast crews actively root against your team. It was really unpleasant. It is an odd setup that they just kept on local broadcasters and that are they're just lining them up with seemingly at random other other games all year. So David, are you gonna regret not going to St. Louis if there's a St. Louis biased announcing team <laughs> for the game in St. Louis? I'll mute it and listen to the radio and listen okay. to Jake and Allie. There you go. Friend of the pod, Jake and Allie. Brought that full Except circle. Except that won't be in sync. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I'm going to loathe watching us play Purina FC anyway. It's just going to be miserable anyway, so whatever. Say less square cuts. Kyrie Shelton, zero for five on crosses. Yeah. Not good. Was well, he doing any of the other things? Remember, he was he was getting credit for some of the some of the things he was doing this year. Was he doing those last night? Well, so here, if you read the comments on our on our site, there are people who thought that he had actually a pretty decent game. Um, I disagree with them, <laughs> respectfully, of course. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm just shocked to the core, man. That I'm being respectful about it, or that I disagree. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> But so Kyrie, there were there were a few, he put in I think one that I can remember that was actually not a bad cross driven cross yeah. But a lot of the a lot of his takes were low crosses that didn't clear the first defender, or trying to pull the ball back into the box when like there was nobody even remotely nearby. There was nobody to cut it back to. He just cut it back. Well, with, that's the fault of the people who weren't there. Sure, you know. But at a certain point, you know, he has to have an, enough awareness to know that like. It's functionally just a turnover. Um, That's what I feel like all of our crosses are for the last five years on this team. Yeah. Crosses, corner kicks. Just to go along with your theme, you're not going to mention his whiff on a clearance? Well, I'm more mad at his defense. Okay. Uh, So on the first goal. Well, that was anti-defense. Yeah. On the the first goal, um, oh, I don't remember who who cut it back and – laid the ball off, but Kyrie standing a yard and a half away from Velasco makes no attempt to close him down, makes no attempt to make him uncomfortable and lets him just take a clean strike. He just, he literally just stood there. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Late subs, would late subs or would earlier subs have made a difference? That's often 
you know, uh, we were talking about comments online, anger from people online. That is often a focus that Vermees doesn't make substitutions fast enough. Uh, I agree, but you guys know where I'm at on would Felipe, would an earlier sub of Felipe Hernandez change this game? Is is playing Felipe Hernandez more going to change this season for Sporting Kansas City? That's where I, that's where I don't uh, subscribe. Well, it's not so much Felipe. Felipe was our first sub. It's that, you know, Rodoya comes in in the 75th for Tommy. And then we sub in Jean-Yves and Caden Pierre in the 85th. So you've got Kyrie, who's been ineffective and terrible all game long. My argument is he shouldn't be on the field or in the 18 to begin with. But you've got Kyrie out there. You need a goal. Nothing that we've done all night is working. You can't sub a guy in for a five-minute-plus stoppage time cameo and expect them to impact the game. It's not enough time. Yeah, agreed. And, again, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of math that suggests that making substitutions between the 55th and 65th minute is the prime time to get a sub in to make an impact. And it's not going to be every game, right? Like the the analytics don't always analytics don't always pan out, but mathematically you are most likely to have an impact sub in the 55th to 65th minute. So leaving a wide player or an attacking player with in the 85th minute putting somebody on, you're not going to score it's unlikely that that person's going to score. And so I don't know how you can even, we, we do player rating articles and Johnny Scott, like a th- three and a half or something. I don't know how you can even score him. He was barely on the field long enough to, to even qualify. That was for his haircut. Oh, I'd give him a one for the haircut, <laughs> but you know, it's just Ben sweat was bad all game long. We subbed him out for Caden Pierre in the 85th minute. You know, when is he not bad? He's been pretty decent going forward in the past, but it was not a good game for him, man. Yeah, I'd say last night was his worst one of the season. But I think a lot of people are frustrated with, okay, Felipe for Roger. That's been every game almost, right? Yes. Right? So it's, it's not a tactical it. sub. It's not a sub to change the game. It's a sub because Roger can't go longer. So I think that's what people are frustrated with. How come there's not something happening that's really going to change the game besides a you know, standard substitution? And that that is one of the crit- critical aspects that people have been talking about is that there isn't anybody on the bench to make a change. Now, you can say, well, this guy hurt, this guy hurt, this guy hurt, this guy hurt, et cetera, yeah. down the line, which is true. And, I mean, I, I give some deference to that problem, but it still is a issue that who are you going to sub in to make a change? Now, Felipe isn't going to make a lot of difference to compared to Roger. I mean, some maybe. Cam Duke, but when when you have Johnny that's out, um, Polito's out, etc. Kenda's out. Uh, that's that's there isn't a whole lot of guys on the bench that's going to make a lot of difference going forward in the attack. And that's that's where I stand. I I, w- I said it last week where you know people are almost like let's wait and see. Or I'm not I'm not panicking yet. But if we lose to Dallas and then lose to Seattle, then I'll panic. And it's like, well, I, I, why should we expect anything different until some of these other players come back? I, well, none, no one on the on the field right now looks like they want to score. There's nothing about the team that inspires any sort of confidence. 
And it's literally all just waiting until these other people come back. Well, so when, it, when it, are they coming back though? That's fair. Ben, I, I know it's frustrating. Ben Sweat is a below replacement level left back. But Tim Leibold, who we had to go get, we had to get the third left back, hurt. Are you 22? Logan and Denbe, Mr. Cavs, hurt, not coming back anytime soon. Got Akinda, who knows when he'll be back. Polito, oh, yeah. who that knows was... when he'll be back. Johnny, who knows when he'll be back. So the idea that we've got replacements on the way, the season's over by the time they're back, right? If we have another six games where they're not back, yeah. You know, it's a long season and we sneak in the playoffs because everybody makes the playoffs. But functionally, it's over by that point. And the reality, my, my frustration with Vermees is that you know what you're getting with Kyrie. So you trot him out every game knowing exactly what he's going to do, which is absolutely nothing, which is be the worst player on the pitch in the offensive side. At least if you play Jonis or play Cam Duke, they might do something interesting. They might create just enough chaos that something will happen because they will try to do something. Janice, I would. Janice is more likely to try something dumb in the midfield and lose the ball in a dangerous spot than Kyrie is. I would say. Well, I one disagree, and two, Kyrie, Kyrie kills attacks because instead yes. of going forward, he goes sideways or he goes backwards. Yeah. And there was a play in the first half, early in the first half, where Kyrie won a ball, used his body really well to shield a Dallas player on a ball that had bounced up over his head, took it down. And then flicked it backwards for Zussi, but it put Zussi in a bad spot. Zussi gets overrun. It's a turnover and it's a Dallas break. So the concept of him like not turning the ball over because he's not going to try and do something weird going forward, he turns it over by doing weird shit going backwards. So as far as subbing goes, and this is something I was going to look at if I got a chance to watch the replay, but I didn't. In the first half, we're playing that low, that block in midfield, right? So when we win possession, which happens, we don't have numbers forward. We can't play the ball quickly forward. We played a number of direct balls into uh, Agata that you know did something, but we didn't have numbers we could really attack in a fluid manner. You know, combinations, those type of things. So what I'd like to see is, and I wanted to see if this is how it was when those substitutions were made in the second half, were tactics changed. Did, I don't think anybody went up as a second forward and maybe so we can get some more numbers forward. Was there a tactical change that you guys noticed? I didn't because I didn't see the first half to really compare that with. (laughs) Right. Um, I was at the Comets game, which also sucked. But I tried to watch the first half. And again, Apple sucks so far. I was using a lot of tactics in all the board games that I was playing. (laughs) So I was kind of focused on that. I was really doing well in some of those. But, uh, which which game was your best last night? Uh, we played a game called Civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won. I won that one. Thank you. Played that a long time ago. And Coup. Coup is a very good game. Don't know. Like C O U P type of Coup. It's a good oh. one. Little card game. Anyway, moving on. Tactical changes. C O O P or C O U P. David, did you see C-O-U-P. any tactical changes okay. yeah. when the subs no, came on? Yeah. No, because the the only real tactic, the only real sub we made. Well, I guess. Radoya got a bit of a got a bit of a run out, but we made Felipe for Roger, which is a like for like. And at that point, we've got it's a one one game. And it was very clear after Dallas scored to level the game that Peter was just playing for a draw. So we made absolutely no attempt to go forward. Made no attempt to attack. 
and, uh, and that's probably the logic to why the subs came on so late. If he, he always has done that, where if 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 he thinks that the players on the field are at least in the game, <coughs> excuse me, that's or fine. doing what he wants them to do at the moment, right? In the game and have a chance, he's gonna like roll with it. And and when you miss two PKs and had a chance to actually already be tied, I'm not saying it's right. No, I, I'm. You it's can cowardice. Definitely shake your head at it. For it's sure, cowardice. But I'm just saying that's that was probably his logic and why those subs came on so late because he was. You know, well, this is working. I think we can get a draw with this. It's fucking chicken shit. And, I've, and I'm and i comfortable saying that because Thad earlier, I think, was even more explicit than that. But <laughs> it is absolute cowardice to say in the 55th minute, well, they leveled it up. We might as well just not tr- not bother to play the rest of the game. Let's just get out of here with a draw. You have the rest of the goddamn game to try and score a goal. And they made no effort to. Vermees made no subs in an attempt to change the game. He made no attempt to win. We got a goal in the 11th minute, and that was it. And that is cowardice. And that right, took so. a huge deflection. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now I gotta flip side for a minute at least. Gotta play the other side at least because I've been grumpy and negative. So now I'm gonna try to be on the other side. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be tough. But <laughs> <laughs> they were doing enough to have won the game because they, they did get the penalties. They had two bites at that apple that, both they vomited on but they had that chance they did at least have another chance at a pk later in the game which i apparently was offside because we don't really know and we couldn't really see anything clearly about that but they were in that game they were in the spot where they could have won that game they should have won that they should have at least been up at 1.21 based upon that penalty they should have been up are we too okay with that conver- that being the conversation every game? Yes. Or is, is I don't mean necessarily mean we, but it's that seems to be the last two years the club culture. Well, because here's the thing: the so the what, pe- what's the club culture? Sorry, I, I want to under clearly understand what I'm of, be, being accused. Look of. how look how close we were. We dominated, but this guy and that guy are hurt. We're right there. We just need to do this and that. And it never works. It got us a the Western Conference regular season title in what was that 2020, 2019. and uh, that's been the last the last thing we've had to show for it. So my to go back to the like Thad's argument though, the best play we had all game was not Shallowy's goal, which was again like a lucky, you know, deflection, but it was that sweat. The one thing he nice thing he did all night was he played a really nice ball into Agata that Agata ran onto, used his body really well to shield him to shield the ball, and got taken out. That was the only good attack we really had all night. Yeah, it was the only time we were remotely dangerous. Our xG for the game, depending on what site you look at, was about one point three, give or take. And how much do you think the PK that we missed counted towards that one point three? What is a PK's XG? About point eight. Point seven. That seems like low, eight. doesn't yeah. it? Well, well, it should score about eighty percent of the time, so yeah. that's probably about right. Yeah, we created absolutely nothing all night long, and so the idea that we did enough to earn a win—I don't think we did. I don't think we did enough to earn a win. When did we when, do enough to earn a draw, which no. they didn't. No, because we stopped playing in the first half. It was like a little back and forth. But sporting was at least in it. Yeah. 
as soon as the second half started, we didn't try. They just didn't do anything. And see, I think it's on pl- the players. That's, that's what where I was going to ask. That's where I keep coming back to this. I know everyone keeps everyone on Reddit is oh great five more years of this, and the roster wasn't built deep enough, and you know there are there are fair questions there, but like Daniel Shallowy, Tommy Agata, those those are guys that like we needed to step up, and Daniel finally gets a goal off of a deflection, but he hasn't he, he's been nowhere for me so far, and I think a lot of players have not stepped up, have lost all confidence. And you know, I suppose some of that is on the is on the coach. But this team that started this season was what it was la- at the end of last season when it was one of the best teams in MLS and for the last few games, for the last eight ten games. Yes, for over over a couple months plus, which is not that small of a period. I'm just saying no, these no. guys looked way better than they did it at, than they are right now. It, and and a lot of this is on the players. I know I'll I'll be labeled a Vermese apologist. And we can have the conversation about roster construction and all of that. Like we can definitely do that. But I just, for me, it's on the players right now. The players just aren't doing anything. And they, they showed that they were a better team than this. We've seen them be a better team than this. And to, to support that, they were essentially the same team as they were at the end of last year. Without Johnny Russell. Without Johnny Russell, um, with that, with Izzy gone, otherwise they were pretty much the exact same team. Yeah. Which I don't, I, you can argue, I don't know that Izzy made a difference in or not having Izzy there, except for a couple of bad plays from Robbie early in the this this. Yeah, run but run. the defense had hasn't been that that horrendous. No, until I mean second half <laughs> of <laughs> of the night. goals they've given up this year. You could paint pin two of them to a certain left back having contributed to them. So I'm just that's my thing is why is no why is no one online dragging the players? It's all on Vermees. Cuz it's always going to be on coaches. I mean it's it, that's the way it is. So if we scored the PK we're, we're having a different conversation right now. But David, you in the comments were uh in the comments uh, on bluetestament.com by the way, talking a lot about you blame Bliss more than you would Vermees. Um Maybe the fact is, and I know we're missing our three DPs, that these players maybe just as a group are not good enough. Well, that's the real scary thing because once those players do come back, <laughs> if things don't shift heavily, then, yeah, we're, the, the club is in a lot of trouble for the ne- foreseeable future, the next couple of years. Well, we, we had that conversation about the U22s, right? If they're not good enough to get minutes, then it's a scouting miss. That's on Bliss and Vermees. If they're if they should be good enough, but we're not coaching them, that's on the technical staff. That's on Vermees, and that's on the coaching staff to to coach them up. But we spent a lot of money for us on Indenbe, Volader, and Jeanice for them to not really be contributing. One of them is hurt, and one of them is starting. Right, but is and not do doing you, terrible. Do you think Volader will continue to start once the new guy gets here? Once Rosero gets here, we don't know. We, I mean, I would say probably not, but like that doesn't change the bottom line here. Like you just was, said, if Courtney Ford, if Courtney Ford hadn't ruptured his Achilles, do you think Volader would be starting? How many minutes do you think Volader would have if not for an injury? I think we're this far into the season that an injury or any other thing to any other player could have happened, and he could very well be starting. Well, he was it's possible. He would be in more in competition for the left back spot with Andreu. Right. Right. 
Uh, and again, he's, you can argue whether the U22 guys should be starting or they should be the, the third option. I mean, he would be the third option. And for the point that you're trying to make, though, like, if he was, I, I, I don't think if, if he was a, a couple tiers better or shown more progress, then we wouldn't have needed to sign another million-dollar center back. Well, my, my point is, I'm, I'm not trying to dump on Robbie. I think Robbie's been mostly fine. I think he's getting more and more comfortable. Yeah. My issue is, either the guys are good enough, in which case, Vermees needs to be playing them, and I don't think that Valer would be playing if Ford was healthy or if um, Rosero was here. And if they're not good enough, that's on him for scouting them and signing them and thinking they were good enough. That, and that's a problem because it's a roster mechanism that we like have to take advantage of. And if you look at other teams around the league, the ones that do really well hit on their U22s, like LAFC has Cifuentes, who's going to be a $15 million player when they sell him to the EPL. Or isn't uh, who's the kid from Atlanta uh, who banged in a goal? Isn't Amada? Is he a DP or is he a U22? I think he's a DP. Yeah, yeah. Diego. Well, so he's young, I, but I, he might be a young DP, but he's not. But a I'm gonna but, I'm but gonna keep making the point about Volader here. You're to make this point you're making. You'd have to say that all three of them have been misses entirely, and Ndenbe is just hurt, and I think he's looked pretty good, and Volader is playing really well. Ndenbe was so good that we needed a third left back. No, that's not the. I don't think that's the and, issue. And see again, that's not your. My I don't question think, is: I think Do you he think could have been really good, and you just need to sign these other players? That doesn't mean it's like they're deciding that. Ndenbe is worthless. When Ndenbe is healthy, how many minutes do you think he will get? How many starts do you think we'll get once he comes back? I have no idea. With If Leibold wasn't here, probably a lot. Right, but Leibold is here. So how many do you think he'll get? But so again, I'm, I'm confused. What, what is the point you're making there? Because I, I think whether he's been a couple notches better than he's been so far or not, like they sign another left back. Just same thing with center back. It's is the team you're building out a complete roster. We can't be mad at him for for signing these other players because they're the, a U22 isn't a star already. I don't think that means it's a complete failure. Well, I think there's plenty of teams that have signed U22s that are stars around this league. Yeah, yes. And the point Robert the question Robert asked was how much blame do I put on Bliss and the technical staff and it's if these guys aren't good enough to be consistently playing like Johnny's or like Indian Bay lost his job last year. And if Janice La- is looking like a like, like and, the bust. And if and well, Volater barely played last year. And I would and my argument is, but for an injury to Courtney Ford and the fact that we don't have his replacement in country yet, uh, Volater you, you would keep be talking so- about his playing time. Okay, but I'm watching Volater play right now, and he looks like a good player. Like it, it looks like that player is not a bust. It and, doesn't look like center backs aren't going to be but, like but, people but, who just show up as superstars. Right, but but that's my point is that he I don't think Volater's a bust. But he wasn't. But he wouldn't be playing, but for the injuries, which I put on Vermees. It's just that when Fontes goes out and makes mistake after mistake, like he did last year, he still got run out. But Robbie didn't. Okay. Pause for just a second. For for Robbie, Robbie was making mistakes too last year. But for Robbie, you don't want him play. You don't necessarily want to be counting on him starting. You wanted there to be other people to start. Robbie should have been filling more time at the left back or the left center back spot. But and you say if if Courtney wasn't hurt, he wouldn't be playing. We well one, we don't know that he wouldn't be playing. We, he may have been he may not have been starting as much, and that's probably very true. 
I know we just both got distracted by Robert's writing on a napkin and it's just numbers and then he's circling things. Hey, let him cook over there. Yeah, exactly. the thank you. Sorry, it's, thank it's, you, Cody. Oh, he's got a beautiful mind. But who, <laughs> isn't that a movie? Um, I'm getting lost on where I was going with that. Robbie is starting. We, he's a center back, which if you if you say he should have been starting, he should have been in the plan to start. Well, what where would the depth have been if he had been hurt? It's not. It's not that. And Denbe or Volader or Janice all need to be starting. Okay. The point is either they aren't good enough to get playing time, in which case it's on the team that scouted them and signed them, or they should have gotten more playing time to develop so that how when they get thrown in. How many games did Janice play in last year? Like 28. But he didn't a get lot. that many minutes. But he didn't get a lot, know, of, a lot of them. It, it was they were short cameos like he did last night. He got 10 minutes last night. Well, and, and I don't agree with last night, okay? I mean, I, I completely agree with you on that part because, honestly, I got home and it was like 20 minutes into the game. I went, oh, yeah, Shelton's there. Because I didn't even notice him for that first, like, half of that half that I was watching. Um, I think if Johnny was starting or healthy, then Johnny's is probably subbing in in other spots more because he's not, he's not his right spot is not his best spot which is also probably why he's not getting as much time over there right now. He he was praised for all the work he put in in the preseason and what he did and how he was looking. But now because he's not a right side player, that's where he's that's where the depth is needed right now between Russell being out, Shelton being eh. right, but like where the I guess my point is where are the developmental minutes? Right? How does Cam Duke get better if he doesn't play? Maybe he doesn't. Then we have a problem with the roster construction. See, my com- my problem with this whole conversation is like you're you're saying this without seeing what they're doing in training. Everyone is just demanding these minutes, and how is he supposed to get any better? But maybe these players look so far off the pace in training every single day, and we know that they're not th- there. Which goes back to it being a scouting issue. And not every team will hit on every player. Well, Duke's not a scouting issue as much as he's a promotion from the academy right. that's not doing as good as we hope it to do. Not not everybody is a question. Not everybody will be about. not everybody will be a hit. It's it's unrealistic to ask for every single player on the roster to be a hit. But when our when we're missing our best players and our depth players aren't good enough to get results, that to me is in part a scouting issue and the other part of it to go to digress 10 minutes we were talking about tactics and we talked about this last week which is that if you look at a heat map of our three midfielders last night i think a heat map is what robert has drawn on this napkin. <laughs> it might be <laughs> but if you look at where tommy voltaire and espinoza showed up on the map last night it's tommy heavily on the left central side of the midfield remy shaded left but you know, in the defensive end, and Roger barely registers on this map at all. Because right? he's everywhere. The, well, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it, with the way heat map point. works is if, if you're in yeah. one area a lot, you show up. If you're in yeah. a lot of areas, then you don't show up as much because it's, it's, it's a mist. But the, you know, we funnel everything out to the wings. Every game, we're funneling every attack out to the wings that at one point during the broadcast last night, 41% of our attacks came from the right wing, 34% came from the left wing, and nothing came through the channels, nothing came through the middle. And that's also, that's a tactical issue. 
or, or it's a scouting issue that we are recruiting midfielders that can't play through the middle. But it's part of why the offense is anemic is that nobody can go through the center of the pitch and make something happen that the, the, our most creative player drifts out wide to the left. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right. Which, how many games in are we now? Four. four. That was four. Okay. Four games in. Uh, man, I'm, I hate to go play the whole corporate line now, but I've got to just to counter you for a little bit. All right, we're we're not supposed to be playing Roger all the time, but p- because of various injuries and and guys that are still getting healthy, etc., Radoya should be starting at the six at some point. He's getting some time in to get used to the the league. At the eight, I know, but you're, I I agree. I I want to see him at the six, but he's been coming in at the eight because I think you're trying to protect him from being an uh, issue until he gets used to the league a little bit. Voltaire has been at the six. He's been playing really well at it. And all of a sudden the other day he decided that that's where he thinks he's best at, which last year he was, Oh no, I, I think I'm better at eight, but I can play the six this other day. He's just like, Oh yeah, I'm better at the six. I'm like, Dude, where'd that come from? But I do see Radoya taking that spot. Voltaire stepping up, have him replacing Rogers starting. Felipe being the first sub off the bench for whoever in the, the in the two spots up there until Kenda gets healthy. And he's not. I, I've been the one that everybody's like, oh, Kenda will be back. I'm the one that's been saying for the last year, I don't know when he'll be back, if he'll ever be back. I don't count on him being back. I hope he is back. How, I, how is that a... T- how is that a take? How can someone just never get recover from an injury? The, his, his bones will never heal is what you're saying with that take. I don't how is this possible? There's I, there's I a big difference between when yes, he he has been in practice, his bones have healed, he's there, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that he'll ever be back to the point where he'll be right. a starter. Right. That's Felipe what Gutierrez. I'm talking about, okay? Cuz yes. I go back to Felipe Gutierrez, Jimmy Madranda. All right, and and there's other players that and when, hurt. Just each of those names, you're just throwing knives around the room right now. Yeah, well, good. I want you to have pain. <laughs> but but when I did research on the Jimmy Madranda article a long time ago, um, I was told like a lot of player names that were in NBA and in in soccer that never came back. Okay, they they showed up, they could play, they could walk, they could run, but they never got to a point where they were they were starters or even maybe even bench players. It just didn't happen. But there were some who do come back and do, but they almost all took a, a considerable amount of time. And I've again, I think I've been pretty consistently saying this that I've never can I've never been confident that they will all come back, especially uh, I've been more confident on Polito because he's such a, a, a workout monster that I was more confident that he would get back at least physically. But he the getting him on the field and being a great contributor. We don't know how that will go. Kenda, I've seen him in training. I've seen where he's doing stuff, but it, he's not in full training yet. At least Polito is in full training. And Media day, Kenda was a long ways off still. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I, but but you're the one challenging me whether, oh, what do you mean he'll never come back? I, I don't know if he'll <laughs> ever come back. 
But I do see where the pieces have to maneuver to get to where this team's at his best. It's definitely not there right now, and you can can blame them for not getting this guy in or that guy in or having a, a major injury all of a sudden in preseason. Before we get to Robert's napkin here... <laughs> <laughs> Which is getting more and more interesting. I can see is like it? it's hieroglyphics okay. and like, <laughs> like some Japanese kanji in there. I think he drew like a Mr. Potato Head. Is that what that is? I don't know. Uh, so to no, a, a note that, back on our sweat. a note back on our our sponsor, Sporting Fit. I think a, a question a lot of people have right now, uh, a take you see a lot, uh, a knock on Vermees a lot, is something about. People are, are making a correlation between all of the injuries that Sporting Kansas City seems to have and something that Vermees or the training staff or something about this club that it's not just luck. There, there's an impl- there, people are implying here that the club or someone is doing something wrong that is leading to all of these injuries. And this is probably a... I'm just it, broaching the subject here because we could do a very long-form podcast on this. Little, little tease for maybe another podcast. Long form. Did you guys hear that? Long form. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I think we can do a whole entire other podcast on that. But just very quickly, Thad, is, there, is that real? Is there something to that? Is that possible that, that sporting fit Vermees wanting his players to run hard is, is creating these terrible knee injuries? I believe that people using the term sporting fit is conflating what happened almost a decade ago right. or over a decade ago with what is happening now. Okay. When I, re- I remember when Vermees first took over the team and again, he, he didn't want to, he was forced into taking over the team initially as a, as a, the interim coach found he liked it and kept going. But one of the first things he said was these guys got to be more fit. And I'm like, these guys are fit. They're professional athletes. But then I saw what he meant and how that was different than what he wanted them to be from where they were at. And the teams that he did in, in 2011, 12, 13 were guys who were super high press. We're always like every moment we're running, 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 super high press. That is not the same team. It became, then it became a more of a pressing right. team or not a pressing team, more of a possession team, which was not always high press, but it was high press when everybody could go at the same time. Mm-hmm. And now it's more of a sit back and counter team right now because they aren't healthy. They aren't good. When they get better, I think they'll become back to that possession team. Okay, well, so thank you for that quick answer there that yeah. I asked for. <laughs> so, so no, I don't think it. I don't think it's. I don't think it correlates directly. If that's what you you're asking okay. for, he's not asking for these guys to run ninety minute games. He asks for them to be ninety minute fit, which is not ninety minute high press. Hashtag five more years of this. That's hey what, Robert, that's what I keep seeing. Yes, Robert, sir. Would Would you rather stay with the possession based style that we've had for the last four or five years? Or would you rather go back to the super high press of 2012, 2013, 2014? Oh, put me on the spot. Thanks. <laughs> well, you've been, you haven't been talking. You've been doodling. So <laughs> would you rather, um, you know, a high press, we're going to get burned in transition because, you know, the age of our and the tendencies of our players in midfield in the back have not held up to that. Let me let me clarify. Not this year. But like would you like Overall. to see the team transition back to the high press that we had in like 2013? And that means replace certain players, but would you rather be a high press team like that, almost like energy drink soccer, or would you rather be this possession-based team that tries to build everything out of the back? I'd rather be a possession-based team because I think it's 
more enjoyable soccer to watch. It's more entertaining as far as the beauty of the game, and I like the beauty of the game. I just want stronger players, more athletic players to be implementing that system is what I want. Um, and that's what I'm looking about here on my napkin is we have a spine that, you know, is somewhat young. Willie Agata's, is he going to work out? That's still a question. Daniel Shallowy, he's 26. He's a good player. He's been very good when the system has worked well. We've got Remy Voltaire, 27, playing at the six. He's not really a six, but he's doing okay there. We've got Eric Tommy, who's 28. You know, he wasn't a fabulous player in Europe before he got here, and he showed some good glimpses. He is good. So we've got a youngish spine, Volitor playing center back. Okay. But everything else, even the acquisitions we've made, are 29 or 30. Polito's 32. Russell's 32. Kenda's 28. Okay, good, but he's injured. I just want to be a team that MLS is a selling league, a team that develops players, gets young players that can get playing time, can develop, become stronger players, be a little more athletic overall than what we have, and then sell those players off and put that money back into the system. And we're just not that club. And I find it frustrating. We have Busio. Is that it? He's the outlier. <laughs> he's the only one, right? Yeah, he's the outlier. The only, shout, the shout for Shallowy too. Should we have should we have sold Shallowy and made some money on that? A couple hundred thousand, probably yeah, not worth I it. Know, right. I know that's the problem. They and you can go all the way back to EPB that the timing was just wrong on that one, but they missed out on being able to sell him. But that's people talk about that being a huge miss. It wasn't as much a huge miss as the the timing and the injuries and stuff worked out poorly. So Vermees has been in charge for a long time, and you know people are saying five more years of this. Do you think stagnation is an issue, or can we discuss that this early in the season? I because it's not really this early in the season. He's been here a long time. I think it could be an issue. Um, he, I know he mentioned like in media day that one of the strengths he has is that, you know, uh, he looks around and, uh, you know, all these coaches have been here for five, ten, whatever years, fifteen years. I think that actually is part of a problem. I think some of those guys might need to move and you have fresh breath of, you know, different views and stuff come in. I'm not saying like this guy has to leave or that guy has to leave or one of them is a problem, but that may be an issue. Okay. Have we complained enough about the state of? No. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But if we complain enough for this podcast, I have, I mean, we could keep going. I have one more thing. Complaint wise, and then and then I've got a funny thing, like a high note. Okay, there we go. Let's do that. End on, well, I uh, guess depending. Finally, on someone gets how Cody wants to end shows around here. <laughs> the the last so. thing I'd like to complain about <laughs> is that Sweat and Zeus are both guilty of this. Our fullbacks don't close down crosses, and the second goal last night was because Sweat made a turnover and then did not close down a cross, and the ball went through to uh, to Jesus Ferreira, who took a very weak shot. Saved by Pools Camp, ball spills. Then nobody, Zusi, Fontes, neither of them made any move for the ball, and then Ferreira gets a clean look to score. They don't close down crosses. It's been a problem for years. But the best defense to a cross is not having a center back who can head it away. It's don't let them take the cross to begin with. Block the cross. And instead of closing down, Ben Sweat stood there with his hands behind his back and put his foot out, but left five yards of space so that the guy could take the cross. 
So, yeah, I mean, that second goal sweat is the main issue in my mind. It was a pretty bang-bang play. I don't know if those guys could have done anything, but I get it. But the first goal, um, Zuzi, he approaches the, the guy carrying the ball 10, 15 yards from our penalty box and keeps backing up and backing up and backing up until Zuzi himself is six yards, well, five yards deep into his own penalty box. He needs to be more aggressive there. He was waiting for Shelton, and I think it was Voltaire, to maybe put pressure on from behind to win the ball, but he just kept backing up. So that that can't happen. We have to be more aggressive in those situations. Do you want Zuzi? What I was just thinking about when you were saying that, do you want Zuzi to be that much more aggressive? Like, is he a good enough defender to to step up early in every single time like that? Because in my head, I he definitely does do that. I see exactly what you see. Yeah. But in my head, it's because he's he's like playing it safe. He's... I'm 30, what the hell ever. I'm not the fastest. I was. I didn't start this as a defender. But dropping a three, four yards into your own penalty box right. is not playing it safe. Right, yeah. yeah. How much, How much? And, and in that particular case, how much room did the attacker have between him and Zussi in that case? Um, I don't know, five yards maybe. So, because I'd have to go back and see that specific play that you're talking about. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to play defense, and they're not one of them is right as much as there's the situational. Because with Zussi, if he's seeing other people, maybe he's just playing where he's trying to contain him to not right, get him in but open, there's a point where, shot. okay, this isn't going to happen. I need to be more but, aggressive at this point. But he that's has before to, you get to the penalty box. But that's when other people have to be helping him out, right? I mean, you you said maybe he's waiting on Shelton or or Voltaire, and I'd have to see the specific player talking about to right, go back and look right. at that, right? Um, and even on closing down a cross, you're you're right. Like every step you take towards somebody that's making a cross means that there is ten percent of an angle that's taken away, right? Until you get cl- you know, and the, the, you tell you as you get closer to that that person making the cross. But if you take one step and they're already in the purpose of the process of making that cross, then it's actually opened up more space behind you. There's not one right way all the time. It, I do think that they do need to close down some of those crosses better or have been farther out in the first place. But maybe they're covering back because they haven't, the midfielder hasn't got back. So they're trying to cover two spots. Well, if Sweat had cleared the ball in the first place, it never been an issue. Yeah. So there's that. So nobody here likes Fulham, right? Fulham Football Club. I, I like when Fulham. McBride was there, a couple Americans. Let's so, go. so yeah, what's your problem with Fulham? Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying not to ruffle feathers any further. They have, they have somebody from St. Louis on that team. Yeah. Fulham. Do you not like them for that reason? No, I, I have no <laughs> opinions Tim on Ream. Fulham one way or another. Yeah, but I don't like Tim Ream, but he's been really good. I was Ream and Ro- Robinson. Would you? Oh, just shut All up. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really Ream and Robinson. That's R and R, man. I I was rooting for Fulham today. They were in a FA Cup tie against Manchester United. They were up one nothing. That's something we can all get behind rooting against Manchester and United, right? They were up one no, one nothing in the seventy second minute. Over City and United drove in the box, took a shot on goal. Uh, Willian, the Brazilian winger, jumped in front of the goal and knocked the ball away with his arm. Goes to VAR. VAR comes out, gives Willian a red card. And then the starting striker for Fulham in this... The, yeah, this game was mad. To, to this point, the only guy who had scored was Alexander Mitrovic. Grabs the ref by the arm to spin him around. He gets a red card. Jeez. During the VAR review, they had given a red card to the coach. So one play, 60 seconds, three red cards. It was magical. And I'm sad that United won. They subsequently scored the PK and then, you know dominated a nine-man side but 
it was chaos. It was just pure it was, chaos. It was beautiful. It was FA Cup at its best. It was terrific. Okay. And it uh, wasn't us. That's the high note. And we're set <laughs> and it is also setting up for a Manchester Derby final in the FA Cup. Hey guys, we've got Seattle and uh, Philadelphia coming. Yeah, is anyone going to be back? Is Polito going to be available? He's the Possible. one that he's like the closest of any of these yes, that we're desperately sure. waiting on. Okay, so he'll be available and then enter the game in the 87th minute, probably, right? Somewhere around there. 83rd. Okay, well, we have that. We got that going for us. Optimism. Sporting! Just been sent off. Some part of strong and long comes off. My fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking. Give me a whiskey, one or gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking my fun fun things got me drinking